from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back. It's Locked On Chiefs. We have a fun show for you today. Seth Kaiser's with us again from Arrowhead Pride, just like every other week. A uh, lot to talk about there. It's pretty much a double episode because we got going so much. So hope you guys are ready for that. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, and I write over at ChiefsDigest.com with Matt Derrick. I also contribute here to our LockedOnChiefs.com site, which Chris is the editor of, and we'll hear him in a bit. Uh, A couple of things before we get going on it. We are brought to you today by my bookie. We're going to tell you more about that later in the show. Still doing our partnership with Pro Football Focus, so make sure get those iTunes reviews in. Uh, leave your Twitter handle in them. Uh, we did a little bit of a review. We'll have some of that for you, um, but that's where Pro Football Focus is, is taking the entries from. So once you leave that review with your Twitter handle, you're automatically entered. The rest of the podcast network is still cooking along. Uh, both the, the opponent this week over on the Finns show, the draft is kicking up. Uh, John Ledger does a great show over on that, uh, as well as Matt Williamson on the, uh, the mothership, so to speak. Uh, we have some interesting things going on here. Marcus Peters, after his two interception performance, got himself a little bit of a trophy, uh, the AFC defensive player of the week, third time in his career, uh, and, you know, he he's hit it at least once in every season that he's been with the Chiefs. Uh, so uh, if you all saw uh, some sarcastic comments about it, uh, remember that's what it is. Twitter's a little bit hard to read into that, but uh, don't hold it against folks. Um, when it comes to this matchup against the Dolphins, a little bit of news on Wednesday that they went ahead and put a couple of guys on IR that the Chiefs are not going to have to face at this point. Uh, and they are uh, German Bushrod as well as Julius Thomas. Um, not earth shattering, but you know, just a, another tick down that the Dolphins are going to be even less close to their, you know, quote unquote full strength. Um, a couple of guys didn't practice on Wednesday, in, including uh, Kevin Pierre Lewis, who does have a, a shoulder injury still listed. So it was more than just a stinger. It, it looks like it may be kind of uh, something that's going to linger a little bit. My guess is a slight. AC or something like that. Uh, as soon as we get the report of what that actually is, we will let you know. Uh, also, uh, Travis Kelsey and Eric Fisher are sick on Wednesday. We'll see if that's something lingering. It's going around my kid's school. I'm, I'm sure it is everywhere else. So let's see uh, what ends up happening with that. Now, we, we had a long discussion with Seth this week, and not only did we find some points where we don't agree, but uh, Seth came into it pretty fired up, so we just kind of hit the ground running and uh, let him vent a little bit, and then we started talking. So, a little bit of an unusual start this week, but hope you guys like it. Even against the Raiders, where they were actually getting pressure, they were still throwing the ball in under two and a half seconds, like... 70% of the time. And then NFL next-gen stats, they actually track this now, right? The fastest sacks that have happened all season. And the fastest one was 2.03 seconds. Like the 19th or 20th fastest sack that occurred this season was in two and a half seconds. So what that means is if they get rid of the ball in two and a half seconds or less, statistically, you are almost... you got like a 1% chance of collecting a sack or actually less statistically if you think about how many dropbacks there are in a given week. But yet I have people telling me that that's not a reason why Justin Houston doesn't have 38 sacks. I can't. I just, I can't. Guys, and you know what? I'm going to click over to the tab where we are because I bet Ryan started recording. Yep, here we are. 
You, <laughs> oh man! So you're telling me Justin Houston should be a Pro Bowler? I'm telling you that nobody has been asked to do more variety of things than Justin Houston this year. He rushes the passer 75 percent of the time, but he's still top 15, I think, in sacks. And that's out of mm-hmm. everyone. He, 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 you know, Khalil Mack and, and Von Miller, they rush the passer on, it's like something like 95, 96% of the dropbacks. And the only times they don't is like if they're subbed out. They don't drop into coverage like Houston. Houston's been asked to do so many things. And some of the times, even when he's not technically in coverage, and I know you guys have seen this lately because we've talked about it, you see him recognizing the teams are throwing the ball quickly against the Chiefs. And so he'll drop back on his own and get into throwing lanes. And I've actually seen quarterbacks have to change their throw because of this. So he basically is getting hosed for being a guy who understands how the game works. He, he didn't have any help. For like 12 weeks rushing the passer. Like no one else was doing anything. Like, I mean, Chris Jones would flash here and there, but wasn't nearly as consistent. Now, Chris Jones has been beasting lately, and that's been awesome. But now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden you notice, wow, Houston's really hitting the quarterback a lot. Well, how about that? What an idea. Yeah, this is just killing me. And the problem. Well, here's here's something that's going to make you even happier. Yeah. Every other outside rusher in the AFC West made it. So Mac Miller and Bosa. Yes. You know all look, they're 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 all very good players. I mean they are. They're fantastic players. Khalil Mack is like a not quite as strong but slightly faster Justin Houston. He really is. I mean, he he's the closest thing in the NFL. Von Miller's a stud. Um and and Joey Bosa is very good. Although I mean he got his he I mean he got his soul snatched out from him by Mitch Schwartz. But you know whatever. One pressure in the game. You bring up you bring up Bosa. I have to ask the question: How did you feel about Tom Bahali mentoring him after the game? I didn't care. I mean, it, you know, it's not like it's nothing. You know, because Bosa clearly must have asked him after the game, "Hey, how'd you do that?" You know, like what? What? You know, I saw he must have seen him do something he hadn't seen before, right? And so, you know, and so Atamba was good enough to show him. And it was cool because you actually saw him. He was kind of showing him that signature Tamba swat, which is scary when you think about it. But, you know, he would have seen, you know, if he really wanted to see it. I mean, they've got the film to to watch that. And they've got. Oh, no, absolutely. And, and so him and a, him and one of his coaches, he would have said, hey, I want you to, you know, I, I you know, could let's go back and find this on tape. And him and his coach would have just looked at the move and broken it down on tape and figured it out that way. So really, I mean, yeah, it saved him some work, but people acting like he betrayed some kind of secret sauce. That's silly. I thought that was maybe the biggest sign of respect. I've seen one player give another player. I, I, Maybe ever. I'm, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah, I got to tell you, I didn't like seeing it. I, 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 I don't care what the mentality was. You're still a guy that plays against the team that you you claim to be all fired up about. Yeah, but still. And that's why we disagree. And evidently, I'm the owner. Who cares? Well, no, yes, I, I don't much. know. I, in, 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 this, in this trio, yes, you are. I, okay. There are a lot of people that were upset. I don't know. I, it is It is a guy. I just don't think it actually offered a real competitive advantage. You know, 30 seconds of sitting there saying, no, 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 wait, wait, you got the foot wrong. You know what I mean? Because that's what it seemed like. Because it looked like Halee actually, it was kind of cool. Halee actually stopped him and was like, nope, nope, wrong foot. 
Right. And, and he showed him how to do it. Again, he and Bosa and his coach would have easily found that on film, and it wouldn't have taken that much time to just break it down frame by frame exactly what he did. Um, so I don't think it really offered a competitive advantage. And it was cool seeing Tama do something like that. Really makes you think about you know his future. Um, I, I'm curious. Now I don't know personality wise. As a charger or a coach? <laughs> As a coach. What are you trying to say? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, well, no, because let's. It, it could be both. Yeah, it could be. I guess because mm-hmm. there's no way he's a chief next season. Um, right, right. You know, unless they do something crazy, and I don't think they will. So, I mean, it makes you think, you know, what did, could he have a future as a coach? Um, I don't know what his temperament is and that kind of stuff for it. But, I mean, it seems he's obviously incredibly knowledgeable. Um, and so that it was kind of – for me, it was a cool thing to see. And I really – I was upset at first. But then I kind of sat down and thought about the idea of it being an actual competitive advantage. The only way it would bother me is if it came out that, like, Holly approached him and said, hey, man, I've noticed that you're doing such and such. You really should try this instead. That would bother me more. I understand. But, yeah, it's still a little – it's not like – yeah. Ryan and I had this discussion the other day. I I don't think it's a big deal just because basically a lot like what you said. Uh, if he wanted to figure it out, he could figure it out in the offseason. Kansas City could face them again this year, but the chances are, are very slim to none. Uh, and if they did, I'm pretty sure Schwartz and Fisher have dealt with Holly's stuff enough that it's not really going to be an yeah, issue. Yeah, Schwartz, I mean, short, Bosa beat Schwartz once, and he kind of beat him another time. That was it. Schwartz played ridiculously well. It was so, I mean, it was so good. And so, you know, it's kind of interesting, though. Mitch Schwartz didn't make the Pro Bowl, right? Not even as an alternate. Even though he's played... Those three guys, multiple times, has he given up a sack to any of them? Don't believe so. I'm going to check right now. Right. And there's really no reason to get upset about the Pro Bowl. For me, with Houston, it hits a chord with me because I have answered so many how washed up is Justin Houston questions this year. And I just, no one cares about context or film or job or assignment. All they care about is you know, whether or not someone made a play that they remember. Well, they care about singular production, and I think that's wrong in context. I I would agree. And so, and, you know, then they care about that, uh, that, that cap hit. Now, here is one thing I'll say. That cap hit, especially as we've seen what defensive contracts have done over the last few years since that deal was signed, I do not think that was a good contract. Because if it were a market value contract... Um, you'd think it would have been eclipsed multiple times by now. Now that said, mm-hmm. I don't know if any premier pass rushers have hit the market since then. Mac comes in, onto the market this year. I think he eclipses it easily. Yeah, so we'll see what Mac's contract does. But you know, well, Von Miller eclipsed it. Did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's that. Yeah, that was directly after. That was the year after. See, so, yeah, and I'll have to uh. Von Miller. I'll look up Von Miller on Spot Track here because that's a uh, because that I believe it was by like a million, right? <laughs> like the thinnest of margins. Sure, you could say you're the highest paid outside pass rusher. Yep, yep. Okay, yeah, because Houston's is about eighteen a year and his was nineteen a year. Um, now and also the 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 structure of the contract with Houston was frustrating 
um, because now we're getting these huge cap hits. This backloaded stuff, it's it, it depends on how you do it, but the more you backload, then the more you have to backload later on. It just becomes counterproductive. That's why I'm excited for this next season, the Chiefs finally being in a position with more cap space because I think, based on what I've seen Veach do with contracts so far, which is pretty minimal, I think he'll probably be a better cap space guy than Dorsey. That's just a guess. Wait a second. How are they going to have so much more cap space? Alex Smith's going to be on the oh, team in 18, Oh, right? yeah. Him and DJ and Halley and, and Alan Bailey and Andy Ford. It's going to be the you people. It's going to be the whole same deal. You mean MVP candidate Alex Smith? Holiday cash. You need it, and I know where to get it. My bookie is the place to score serious cash for your sports predictions. Believe it or not, the holidays are here. And while that means plenty of parties and gifts and spending, it also means lots of football, basketball, and hockey games. You can score big on every day. Man up and play like the pros on game day. You can play the money line, side, or total. My bookie is your hookup for all your betting needs and offers super fast payouts when you win. Where you bet is just as important as what you're betting on. And if you want to make money betting games, you got to go to mybookie.ag. They're the only site we can recommend, but don't take it from us. Check them out for yourselves. They have odds on every matchup, and the mobile site makes wagering on your smartphone a total breeze. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit up to 50% bonus. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate your offer. Enjoy all your holidays all the way up to the new year, and visit AG today and use that promo code LOCKEDON. You play, you win, you get paid. Yeah, MVP didn't, 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 didn't make the Pro Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, didn't make the Pro Bowl. <laughs> See, that's pretty tough. I mean, you know... I, I don't know. That bothers me a little bit too, honestly, because Alex overall, now if you look, he's had, let me, let's think here. Is it three or four atrocious games, right? Because, yeah. I mean, you had Bills, Giants, Steelers, Cowboys, right? So he's had four atrocious games. He's had one kind of meh game against the Chargers once. Then he's had a few good performances, and then he's had like five or six great performances. And I guess I feel like you could stack up. I feel like his highs have been higher than any quarterback in the league not named Tom Brady this year. Mm-hmm. And and I'd argue they might even be. Yeah, higher. I mean, he's. I mean, what are we looking at statistically? I mean, he isn't he the number one rated uh, passer in the NFL? And you know, you know, stats are stats; they don't tell the whole story. But it is kind of interesting to me. Now, to be fair, I was the guy calling for him to get benched two weeks ago. So, I mean, you don't know, take this with a grain of salt. <laughs> but, oh, no, look, I stand by it. I think, and, and I mean, if you guys want to chat about this, we can. I think we've talked Alex Smith to death. I think the offense has been succeeding the last few weeks, not necessarily Alex Smith. Now, Alex Smith has been a cog in it, but these last, like the difference between even the Jets game where, you know, he he threw for all those yards and stuff, it was more a matter of the offensive design working again and them going away. Like we talked about here, actually, it was like they really started designing the offense around Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt again. And because of that, Alex's stats, which I've always viewed quarterback stats as more of a almost a team stat, his stats look significantly better. But I mean, you know, really, if you if you rewatch that game against the Chargers, Alex had one exceptional throw, right? That deep ball to Tyreek Hill, and that was a great throw, right? I mean, sure. you know, 
he, he made Hill speed up to catch it, but I mean, Hill can always just speed up. I mean, that's like, I'm, I was going to say, I thought he overthrew him when I first saw yeah, it. I'm firmly convinced that Alex is finally realizing that like, I, unless Hill gets hung up by like someone, you know, hitting him or whatever, like we've seen a few times, I don't know how, if you can really out, out throw him unless you put it on a rope. Like if there's air under it, he Hill just seems to be able to be as fast as he needs to be. But anyway, there was that play. But besides that, the offense overall was clicking. Not necessarily Alex Smith. And so I guess you know, defend my take from a few weeks ago. I, I I'm not sure I could be convinced that Patty Mahomes wouldn't be doing the same stuff that we're seeing. But that's just me. oh, let's just pour gas on the fire again. <laughs> it's not week seventeen yet. Hey. I did that. I did that already yesterday. You don't. You I know, know enough really... with you guys. When they decide to play him against the the Seth Broncos, let me know. Seth, Seth didn't even comment on my on my question. What y'all are killing me? I asked. So Alex Smith in this last game in his seventy sixth start for Kansas City threw his hundredth touchdown pass for the Chiefs. Uh-huh. How many games will it take Mahomes? Like three. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of those responses. Um, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. I would be stunned if it took more than fifty to get a hundred touchdown passes. I have to agree. I think that. Mahomes is going to come in. I I think Mahomes out of the gate will be a, a at least a thirty-two touchdown a year guy. At least. Um. Now, yes, you might give up some stuff, but I mean, you we've now kind of Maybe. we've seen Tyreek Hill. And I, I think people are really starting to realize there's something waiting to be unleashed there that I cannot wait to see. And I, you're so sorry. Yeah, I just I can't. I, I would. I just I I don't believe Mahomes is the type of player that's going to be a 1.5 touchdown a game guy. You know, and I respect Alex and what he's done, but you know, 100 touchdowns in 76 games isn't that good. You know, no, it's not. And so I'm, I'm thinking, I'm being conservative when I said I'd be surprised if it was more than 50. I think it could happen sooner than that. Um, there was an actually an interesting thing, and I know I'm derailing our planned topics because you know why not talk about Patrick Mahomes a few more times this season? Um, uh, Gary McKenzie is a fellow Airhead Pride contributor, and he uh, he discussed, you know, okay, the offensive line looks like it's coming together. You've got Kareem Hunt, you've got Tyreek Hill, you got Travis Kelsey, you got Andy Reid, you've got a receiver co- receiving core that looks like it's coming together. The defense is finally not like being bad, and they're going to be able to add some contributors. And he's going to have had a year to kind of adjust to the NFL a bit. Has anyone ever come into a better situation than Patrick Mahomes? And I'm not sure anyone has, other than maybe Dak Prescott. But he didn't have a year to sit and learn. And I don't think Dak Prescott came into a better situation because I don't think Jason Garrett's on the same level as Andy. Yeah, Reed. I don't think it's even close. Especially what if came into a better line? Though. Yeah, he came to a much well, better no, line. Absolutely. A great line. And so that line was better. But I mean the weapons in Kansas City are better. The coaching's better. And then what if Matt Nagy sticks around next year, which I'm curious. I mean, Andy Reid's around for another, you know, at least five years, right? What if Andy Reid says to Matt Nagy, hey, I'm retiring at the end of five years. Yeah, you'll have to be an offensive coordinator for, you know, four years, but you're the heir apparent. Wouldn't that be sweet? Never happen. He's going to get a job offer and take it. But still, that would be sweet. I just don't think it's going to be this offseason. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Him taking over play calling so late. Now, Mm -hmm. unless now if they make a playoff run, all bets are off. 
Maybe. Well, because I mean, ta- it's still going to be even what six, seven games, right? But I mean, you know, you know how crazy people get about playoff runs. Todd Haley got a job offer as a head coach based off one good playoff run and yelling at Anquan Bolden. Uh, I guess there's that, yeah. which that didn't end up so well. So I mean, who knows? He's still a good OC, though. I mean, he knows how to call an offense. Uh, he just can't be the head guy in charge. You take Ben Roethlisberger away from him, he's crap. I'm going to tell you that right now. That's 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 fair. Well, and Antonio Brown, who is one of the best wide receivers of all time, not the best, right. by the way. I'm just going to put that out here, here, because I'm seeing more and more on Twitter saying, "Well, what point do we start talking about Brown or Rice?" And I'm like, "That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life." It's not even close. And so I actually, I actually, only millennials who never saw Jerry Rice play could even. Well, think me and TJ Carpenter, and I love TJ, and me and him argue about stuff, and it's fun. But he was saying that, and so I posted Jerry Rice's. He's like, wow, I mean, I mean, Brown's been doing this for five straight years," and I'm like, "Yeah, that's cute. Rice did it for literally <laughs> eleven years." What Brown is doing right. currently, and he did it in an era where where defensive backs could actually like you know touch you. It's yeah. well, and they ran the ball fifty percent of the right. time. And then and then yeah, and then the other thing is he tried telling me he said you know Moss versus Brown isn't even a question anymore. Definitely Brown, and I'm just like, oh my yeah, lord, I'm sorry. Peak Randy Moss, I think you take over it. Come I, on, man. I think you take him over anyone. But anyway, sorry, I've derailed this completely. But that was just an interesting question. I can't think of a quarterback that's ever come in with more tools to succeed immediately around him than Patrick Mahomes. Because now he's got that that year off that everyone wanted to see him have. Here's the one thing that's going to be a bummer. If he comes in and he's really great next year right out of the gate, the you got to let a quarterback sit and learn for a year group is going to be insufferable. Looking at you, well, look at okay, you, so you Tracy. <laughs> You don't think Aaron Rodgers had a great <laughs> I was just going to say, and I'm going to feel really bad for Tama and DJ because they're probably not going to be oh, here. Oh, they're not. Oh. And, yeah, as far as Rodgers go, Rodgers would have been a great quarterback whether he started right away or not. Uh, I, th- I think he would have been good. I don't know that he would have been as good. I think his mechanics were a little off when he came in. but His mechanics are still a little off. That's true, <laughs> but no, I, I it'll be it'll be interesting. But anyway, I think they're still playing football this year, so that's cool. Hey, what a plus! So tell me what you saw on the tape because I I, I looked at it and I was like, oh, hey, people are making blocks. Yeah, the offensive line looked great. I wrote a wrote a article on it earlier this week, and you can find that on Arrowhead Pride. And it's uh, I reviewed every single offensive lineman. They all played very well. Um, the worst performance was probably Fisher, and I give him a bit of a pass because they were playing Ingram and Bosa, and they were on an island a lot. Like there was some help from the tight ends, maybe a little more than normal, but not that much. Um, they- yeah, that was my question. Is I, I did see your article and I saw I read through most of it. I didn't see the part where you talked about whether or not he was on an island, and to me that's important because yeah. if you put a player on an island against one of the premier pass rushers, you're going to expect that. You know, yes, he's not a pro bowler, and I don't know that he ever will be, but I think he's more than good enough for what Kansas City needs. I think so. His contract is what's unfortunate. He's being paid to be an upper-tier left tackle, and he hasn't been. He's actually been worse this year, in my opinion. Um, but, I mean, he played pretty well. Uh, Witzman had a really good game at guard. His his loss rate was below 10%. Um, he had some really good run-blocking plays. He gets out into space really well. That's something he's actually – I think he might be more athletic than Iyengar. Um and uh, he's, I don't think he's as much of a technician, but I, I'm wondering if that's why he's getting the nod because I think he's got more functional strength 
he's not a powerhouse, but he. Are you about to tell me you think he can be serviceable next year? Um, I, I don't know what they're going to do next year. I he he was more than serviceable against the Chargers. Um, he was very good. Um, I don't know what they're going to do next year though because Morse is under contract for another year. Fulton's a free agent after this year, so you're going to see some kind of shakeup there. Um, speaking of Fulton, best game I ever saw him play. Played real well at center. Right. Um, his loss percentage was like 6%, something like that, which is in your very, very, very good. 10% is the line for me, right? If, you, if you're if you at 9%, 8%, you had a good game. And the lower you get, obviously, the better you are. So he, had, he did really well. And what I saw from Fulton that was really encouraging is his weaknesses from last year at center and even from earlier in the season. Now we'll see, right? Small sample size. Um He's he's traditionally at center, struggled with stunts and blitzes, and he also hasn't been very good at uh, looking for work, right? You know, when he doesn't have a guy to cover, he he's not great at finding finding ways to help. Well, and my bigger problem was, was pre-snap. Yeah. But you, you have a good point in both. Do you see a market improvement in making calls and getting things lined up pre-snap? I did. There wasn't nearly as much miscommunication. I really think they've simplified things a ton. Now we'll see how long they can keep mm-hmm. that up, especially in the playoffs when they're game planning specifically for you, because that's when being overly simple, then your execution better be killer. Um, Fulton's still real strong though. He was, he was the second most important part of the, uh, the, the run success, the success in the run they had against the Chargers. Um, he did really well. He had a couple plays where he just made fantastic blocks. He's definitely been an upgrade over Hurt Morse. And now that Morse has been put on IR, I don't think there's any doubt that Morse was injured. I mean, he played, he was playing, I mean, he wasn't completely horrific, but he was significantly worse than I've ever seen him be. And Well, yeah. and I think part of the other, you, you said he, you said he or, sorry, you said that they have simplified the blocking scheme. Yeah. We've talked about that a little bit, but I think the other part of it is they're also asking Fulton to do more of what he can do well. Yeah. I mean, you can't plug him in and expect him to do the things that Mitch Morse does because he doesn't move as well. Right. Um, more- and I think they were asking him to do yep. – I think they were asking him to do more of those types of things early in the season that they're not asking him to do now. I would agree completely, and that's something they've asked him to do more traditionally when he's backed up Morse in the past. They've kept this – well, what they did in the past – and this is what I found kind of interesting. What they did in the past is they asked Fulton to do the same things when they ran those outside zones. They just didn't run as many of them. Right, So it limited the play calling. And why wouldn't you? You cannot ask Fulton to pull and run 15 yards into space. It's just not going to work. Morse, all day. He's one of the best in the league at it. Um, And so what I noticed from this game, they ran a ton of outside zone. Like almost exclusively. I actually talked to Jeff Schwartz just very briefly. I said, what are they doing different? He said, they're just doing what they do well. They're running outside zone over and over and over again and executing it really well. And a really well-executed outside zone is tough to stop. So, especially when you've got as gifted a back as Kareem Hunt. Well, who took cutback lanes better than I thought I'd seen him do earlier? I agree. I think that's an underrated aspect of what's been better. I think his vision's been a little bit better. Um, and you know, that's the thing with with the NFL: a few tiny improvements in a few places 
makes a huge difference. And then the other thing I was going to say with Fulton, they no longer have him doing the same stuff Morse was doing. They don't have him on the move as much, even in outside, even in, even in these stretches, even in these outside zone runs, they're instead having everyone else do the pulling and they're having him perform a block on basically the guy in front of him or having him move straight ahead and meet a linebacker like three yards in front of him or four yards in front of him. So they're asking him playing to his yeah strengths. they're playing to his strengths and it's really fun to see he's doing real well and so that's going to create an interesting dilemma for the Chiefs this off season because he's playing well I mean do you want to let well let me ask you this here here's a dilemma if you can get him for three and a half or four million dollars a season do you do it and and maybe move more to guard and I have always and you guys know this that 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 take has just <laughs> driven me nuts right for years. Because right. Morse is yeah. such a talented center. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. What I based it on previously was that Morse, let's say Fulton, you know, with what I'd seen previously, he was, you know, say 70, 75% of the center Morse was, which still makes you a competent center. But Morse is a very, very good center. And so the drop off to the, there was just so severe that it's like, that's not worth it to me. However, what I saw against the Chargers on Sunday, I'd argue was 95, maybe even as good as what we've seen from Morse. Now, I don't know if it's sustainable because we know what Morse does is sustainable over a full season. And there's no tape that can get found because anytime you limit what a guy does, you're you're taking a risk. But may, let's say it is. Let's say Fulton is just capable enough on the move because he's not, you know, he's not a complete statue. He can move a little, just not compared to the rest of the guys in that line. He looks incredibly slow. So. But let's say he can be 95% as good as Morse. Well, Morse is probably, now I could be wrong here. Maybe he's not viewed the same way across the league. Um, Morse is probably going to demand better than three and a half mil a year, you know? And so what if you could next year, you know, plug Morse in at guard, which my issue has never been that I don't think Morse could play guard. I think he'd probably do pretty well with it. You think it's too much of a downgraded center going to Fulton right. with the way they were having him play. Now, I I would argue that it's possible that you maybe make that move if you can get him to three and a half or four million dollars a year. I personally don't think that Fulton's going to get a contract that that's cheap. That is that cheap. I think he's going to get a starter's contract somewhere. Yeah, like kind of like what happened with Jeff Allen, kind of thing. Yep. Although, see, Jeff Allen played really well the whole year at one position prior to getting paid and he'd played pretty well the year before too. No. And I agree with that. The issue that you're running into now is there is no real development at the college level for offensive line. So I think offensive line is going to become more and more of a premium. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is why, which, which goes back to why I'm okay with Fisher's contract because in another year he won't be top tier. He'll be middle of the league at best. Right. And that's, that's uh that's the hope. Um, that it, that it starts to even out. And that makes sense with Fulton because competent offensive line play has become rare. Yep. And I could really, uh, you know, now there are a lot of good centers in the league, interestingly enough. But there's still like, you know, a dozen teams out there that would love to have a good center. So, yeah, I could see him definitely getting paid. I can see especially a team that maybe runs a little more of a power blocking scheme saying, hey, here's a guy that maybe we could get a little cheaper than, you know, your full-fledged 
you know, clearly established center. And so, yeah, they could, they could be in a bit of trouble with that. But I do think, you know, Witzman showed that he looked, I mean, he looked more than serviceable. Now we'll see how that goes game by game. Uh, Miami has a pretty good defensive front. That'll be a good test. But again, you know, so do the Chargers. Um, yeah, Leeds is a good defensive lineman. So is Meebane, yeah, so and, and they acquitted themselves very well. Uh, so, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see moving forward. But I was really encouraged by what I saw from the line. Um, and then, like you very astutely pointed out, Ryan, um, Kareem Hunt looked better, too. Oh. Now, he's always – I thought he looked fine throughout this whole quote-unquote slump when the line, you know, would not block worth a crap for him. I still think he looked incredible at breaking tackles. Um, but I do think it, I just thought he was tired. Bro. Yeah, that could be it too. You, you didn't you didn't see him with some heavy feet, you know, as some of those games. You know, I, for me, it was just there were guys right in his face the moment he got the ball the vast majority of the time, and so it was tough to really get a beat on him, you know. Um, but he, yeah, I'm just saying, like that that effect, I, I thought slowed him down and made, made him tired. Yeah. You know, good blocking will change that. It really, it really will. We saw that now. It was cool seeing Hunt seize the reins again of the uh, of the rookie of the year conversation because mm-hmm. he deserves it. I, I think he's got to be it. I, I agree. And and maybe if uh, Watson doesn't get hurt, maybe it's a whole different conversation. Yeah, but. Watson probably would have been a shoe in. Um, Camaro with this late run is uh, is definitely in the conversation. But I mean, especially if they finish the year strong. Which I don't see why they shouldn't. Um, you know, Miami's got a good defensive front, but it's not like they're great against the run. Um, you know, and the Broncos now that Wolf is out for the year, <laughs> I, I hope they run the ball forty-five times on them. Now that said, Hunt might not play that game because right, right. I mean, if they've got the division sewn up, I mean, there's no reason to play your starters. None. Well, and that goes back to what you said about them playing Mahomes. And I think that's a horrible. They could be putting him in a very bad situation going into that game. I think. But I think it depends on whether you start your offensive line. You know, if you start, if you if you're not starting, you know, your starters on the line, then I don't think you can put. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's your backup after all, and that comes with its certain things. Right. Um, but I, I personally, it would be really cool for the division to get wrapped up. Best case scenario for Chiefs fans. You ready? This is the best case scenario. This would be like the coolest thing that could happen. All right. Mahomes starts with the rest of the starters week 17 because they've locked up the division, right? Does something insane like, you know, throws for 350 and four tutties, right? Just Just something ridiculous against the Broncos defense, which for one, that would be really funny. And it's against Paxton Lynch who throws three picks. All right, just to rub a little salt on the on the old John Elway is secretly not a good GM wound. Two of them to Darrell Revis. Yeah, two of them to Darrell Revis, and then so <laughs> Mahomes comes out and plays just lights out to where I mean, man, Twitter would be on fire, you know, with people. Andy Heads Reed would ex- oh Andy Reed's head would Andy explode. Andy Heads Reed for sure. Um, yeah, I, I was so yeah, excited about that, no, that one. His head would explode. I mean, it would be, but I mean, so that would be cool, right? Because we know that no matter what Mahomes did, it would be Alex in the playoffs for sure. Now, people would scream and moan or whatever, but the moment they won a playoff game, that would quiet down. 
Best case scenario for Chiefs fans? Uh, I don't know about that. But I, I, it depends on how the playoff game was won, to be sure. Right. Best case scenario for the Chiefs and for Chiefs fans to make this offseason a fun one, Patrick Mahomes comes in, plays a heck of a game against the Broncos. Then Alex Smith leads the team to a Super Bowl. Because if Mahomes comes in and plays incredibly well, right, then people are going to be like, Okay, man, thank you, Alex, but we see why we have to move on because we've got this, you know, we've we've got this racehorse that we we can't keep in the stable any longer. So that would mean that that's the Dream Chiefs fan scenario right there. Now you want to know Well, Dream Chiefs scenario just going to the Super Bowl and winning it would be I mean But I mean wouldn't that's a dream for Oh for sure. Yeah. But it's even better if you know that you've got a great quarterback on a rookie contract coming up. Can yeah, you imagine that's that? being a defending Super Bowl? And I have been on the record that I don't think it'll happen. <gasps> Which part? Right. That that Mahomes plays. You think? Because I, I think Reed, I think Reed still wants to sit him on purpose. So that's where I am. But I am saying if he does play, I think it lights an even bigger fire underneath Smith, and that may be a good thing for this team. In Especially the if he played well, wouldn't that be something? Right. And I will say, you know, but you know, here's the nightmare scenario, right? You let uh, you let Mahomes play and he stinks. Oh, you'd have some. Well, here's something worse. You let him play and he gets hurt. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's. I mean, it just it's such an interesting scenario coming up because here's the thing with the way the Chiefs have played the last couple of weeks, I, I it hasn't been against great teams, but it hasn't been against terrible teams either. And so I'm, I find myself in a weird dilemma to where, because their next two opponents, they're the Dolphins who aren't good and the Broncos who aren't good. The Dolphins just beat the Patriots. Yeah, but let's be real. They, that's divisional. Yeah, that's just weird. That's, that's okay. a weird stuff happens thing. I mean, the Dolphins, I'm not okay. saying they're not dangerous, but I'm saying beating the Dolphins isn't like, hey, yeah, they're back. You know what I mean? Not the way. Well, and I would also say I would also say that the I would guess that the Patriots look past the Dolphins because they're getting ready to play the Steelers. Yeah, I could see that. Man, that game was ugly. Holy smokes! Um, I, I just it's tough for me not to feel like was I completely wrong to write off their chances at making a run this year? No. I don't know. I. Anybody can make a run. The Giants made That's a run. That's true. This team is perfectly capable of going on a deep plunge into these. Well, players. that's that's I wrote about that earlier this week. Is that um, you know big plays and turnovers, and mm-hmm. the Chiefs are uniquely suited to get both. And that's you know I mean there there's no other team in the league that has a, a pair of weapons like Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Well, and, and I'll tell you this. I'm looking forward to a possible matchup against Pittsburgh because Reggie Ragland was not ready the last time those two teams met. No, he met. wasn't. And I think he makes a huge difference in this next upcoming whenever it is, whether it's these playoffs or next season or whatever. I want – personally, I want the Steelers too um, because it won't, it won't feel like it's real unless they're able to go through Pittsburgh. And they've lost two games in a row that were in p- large part – now, the run defense wasn't good either, but also just the offense got killed. And I want to see Matt Nagy's version of this offense, which is still an Andy Reid offense for sure, but it's 
it's you know the new and improved <laughs> Andy Reid offense. It's the Andy Reid offense 2.0. Um, I really want to see that up against the Pittsburgh defense because I feel like they could do something. And correct me if I'm wrong, but they had Ryan Shazier last time. They're not going to have him this time. I don't know who they have that could cover Kelsey. I don't think they've ever had. Yeah, it's a different matchup all the way around. It really is. And now... No Brown, maybe, maybe no Brown. Although Brown's never really killed the Chiefs. Like the only, you know, the catch he had this year, that wasn't because Brown made some great play. That's because Danny Sorensen, who, man, is he having a rough year. Whoa. Um, don't, we don't have time to start talking <laughs> I mean, about him. He had that bounce off. If Danny Sorensen picks that off, you got to wonder what this season looks like because it almost feels like, um, I had someone, this is, you know, I, I frequent the comment sections in my articles still quite a bit, even though sometimes it makes me sad because people are mean to me. But some, I know it's terrible. But anyway, someone pointed out that, uh, you know, the not, or yeah, it was last year. They, uh, the, the early loss to the Broncos, that wasn't last year, that was two years ago. Holy smokes, time flies when you're having fun. They, they went on a skid. They went on a skid, right? They they had a bad loss when they had a bunch of confidence, and it just killed them. And so I had someone, you know, someone said to me, you know, was that just what happened this year, just later in the year? They had a really bad loss to the Steelers. Then they had a freaky, weird loss to the Raiders, and they lost their mojo. Now, they were able to beat the Broncos because the Broncos aren't that good, and it was a division game. But then they just they were in this funk and they couldn't get out of it. Because really, when you look when you when you watch the team that played the Chargers and the Raiders, how in the world did they lose to the Giants and the Bills? To the New York Giants. I mean, yeah. how? Not the same team. You're, and, you're and the Jets. Big, big, big yeah, and the Jets. Well, yeah. How is that the same defense? I mean, it it, they, yeah. it looks completely different. So. It, and let's hope that they can maintain yep. it because if they're that fragile that they can go into a funk like that, let's hope that they figured out how, how to protect themselves so they can stay on a roll because that's really what it's about right. at this point. Can Eric Berry travel with the team? Cool. Because yes. him being on the sideline, maybe I'm crazy, but him being on the sideline and taking a much more active role recently has been big. And I'm not normally you're not I'm not crazy. normally one to take a put a bunch of stock in that kind of thing because you know we can't quantify that stuff right. But I mean, I'm, like you said, I don't think I'm crazy. I you see the difference, and I mean, I there was a great I don't know if you saw it. I retweeted it earlier. There was a great uh, uh, piece that someone was reporting. They had interviewed Reggie Ragland, and Barry has been involved in like team meetings and stuff, and he's been pulling Ragland to the front of the room and quizzing him in front of the rest of the team on what he knows. Cause Raglan's the guy calling the plays. I did not know this by the way, Raglan Raglan's your mm-hmm. headset guy, um, which yeah. isn't that Raglan's the future of this team. He, yeah. he, he is the future leader of that defense. He is, he is, he is DJ. I mean, besides Eric Berry, obviously, <laughs> but I mean, he, he is the heir apparent <laughs> to that heart and soul that DJ has been for years. 
Um, and how awesome was the was it to get him for a fourth round? Oh pick? my goodness, so awesome! And he's wrapped up for a while on a pretty cheap deal. Anyway, but like he he was he's been taking him up front and quizzing him on what he knows about like coverages and tendencies and that kind of stuff. And then you saw him like as Peters was having that great game, they flashed the sideline and he's standing next to Barry, just a giddy. And it, Barry put his arm around him <laughs> like a big brother. And I heard a report. Or no, it was the, it was Sam Mellinger wrote a great piece on on Peters, and you know Mellinger obviously has a better f- finger to the pulse of the team than we do, um, in part because he gets to be there constantly, and in part because he knows Therese. Um, the word he used for uses for how Marcus Peters feels about Eric Berry is he reveres him, and you cannot mit- replace having a guy who is revered. You know what I mean? That just makes a difference. And so I, I just, I don't know. It would be crazy. Although here would be the super fun thing. If the Chiefs won the Super Bowl with Eric Berry on injured reserve, there's a, there's a very vocal, tiny, tiny, tiny minority of the fan base that thinks Barry's overrated. Oh, how they would shout. <laughs> Look. That would not be fun. Oh. I, I disagree with you on that completely. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, that would be, you know. But you know what? There's always a vocal minority on every issue on the team, you know, including the Justin Houston should be traded this offseason group. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, folks, that's all we have time for today, or we will spin here for a few hours. But we thank you for your time. And, Seth, as always, thanks for hanging out. Hey, I always have fun hanging out with you guys. We'll pick it up next week at some time, folks. Thank you for listening today, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review and reach out to us on Twitter at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time. 